Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Hello, Mistorians. Guess what episode this is? Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> is that coming through? Yeah, I, I hear it. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. I, I downloaded a soundboard just for that gag, but it has many wow. sounds. So it's got like um, some classics. It's got like uh, the um, Roblox. Oof. <laughs> the idea that you de- that you found a soundboard just for this is true dedication. I can't. It's a hundred episodes. <laughs> hundred one hundred. Wow! I can't believe we made it. Let me bring up the Google Doc we have that has an outline of what mischievous activities we're going to get up to this episode because this is not a normal episode, dear listeners. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> if you listened last week, we had a bunch of great ideas. In the zero hour. <laughs> and guess what? We figured it in out. In the zero hour. We cobbled together an assemblance of a 100th episode spectacular, a centennial celebration of our podcast. So welcome. Welcome. All, maybe this is your first episode, in which case, congratulations. Maybe you've been here since episode one. Uh, we're happy to have you. You've made it to 100 regardless. Which is a feat, if I do say so myself. Thank you so much. For listening to us this entire time we really are very grateful and if you're a new listener um i'm sorry you picked this episode <laughs> to listen to first it'll be a good <laughs> overview of things there might be some bits that we've done in other episodes that you're like i don't get this bit they keep doing you'll probably get them now yeah you know it's like we don't really have like well-established bits so we don't have like a um a shrimp heaven i think to get started we should first talk about some news Love news we were blessed on this day that like not one, but two big Chuck E. Cheese yeah. news type things were revealed to us. That was, I don't know why I worded that like that. Chuck E. Cheese made a big announcement mm-hmm. that they are expanding into Australia, which is yeah. wild. <laughs> this is, I need to say this came out of actually nowhere. Yeah, like I'm literally taking a nap and I get a message and I'm like, gotta make sure this isn't an emergency. And it's just like, Chuck E. Cheese is moving into Australia, Brenda. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I gotta yeah, get it up. Was, <laughs> I can't, I, there was like no murmur of this. There was no, the, I mean, like businesses expand to other countries. There's no reason I can find seemingly why Chuck E. Cheese would go to Australia other than they think they can make money. But it was like very, it was like a fucking tuesday and they're like we're going to australia <laughs> but literally that was it the same day like later on that day they announced the second piece i of think news? it was the day after <laughs> the day after so like two days in a row they were like okay first 
We survived our bankruptcy yet again because this is an unkillable rat yeah, mouse. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And they were like, yeah. And then immediately the next day, they're like, hey, we're also going to be making a game yeah. show. What? Yeah, on the 16th, the 16th, we're going to Australia. The 17th, we have a game show. It's like Squid Game. <laughs> it's, that was just like the news article was just like, it's Squid And I found out why they said it was like Squid Game. So it's not just them being like lazy and being like, eh, Squid Game's a game it's because squid game the games that kill you in squid game are childhood games so like there's like the one where like, they have like the the talcona the, the candy oh. um, where they have to like get the edges off that's a child's right. game and like red light green light that's child's game so chuggy e. cheese is kind of doing the same thing that was kind of like the reasoning for saying it was like squid game and that you're like you're an adult who's like reenacting like kid type yeah. games okay it's from the producers of Top Shelf, which is called Magical Elves. Sounds fake. It's a real company. And I, I'm i very curious because they talk about, like, we can't wait to have people, like, revisit these legendary arcade games. And I'm like, do you mean, like, Skee-Ball? Or do you mean, like, the Jurassic Park game, which was definitely the game everyone wanted to play at Chuck E. Cheese? Because it would be sick. Put me inside Pac-Man. Drop me into the maze. <laughs> And have me chased by ghosts and make me eat like 5,000 little little pellets that I find on the ground. That's what I want. One of them has to be like a ball pit maze, right? It's got to be, right? Or, I mean, even just like a mirror maze. Can you imagine a bunch of adults no, in a mirror No, that sounds maze? like a nightmare. That sounds less fun. It's just every five seconds you just hear, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I need to be on this game show. Need to be on this game show. This is not a want. This is a need. This is this is my I want to be in Trolls 2. Listen to me, dear Mistorians. <laughs> Get me on the Chuck E. Cheese game show. The second that applications go live, we yes. are applying as a team. I'm not a good asset to have <laughs> on a team. <laughs> my legs are bad. <laughs> so, but I'm doing this. No, it'll be okay? no, it'll be great. It'll be great. There's like one of them is like one of the games like there's gonna be human claw. So you just work me. I'll be the claw. I can do yeah. that. Like I-, I will train for this. I will have like a um eighties <laughs> training get, we're montage. Fucking summer fun passes to train for the Chucky Cheese. To train. <laughs> it's just us playing skee ball and like getting really good at it. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out if. Chuck E. Cheese had, okay, yes. Chuck E. Cheese previously, going back to like the Australia. Oh, yes. Locations opening. Chuck E. Cheese previously did have Australian locations. Right. That's what I thought too. Cause they were like, we're expanding to Australia. Cause so I got a text from our dear friend of the show, Wasa, who was like, mm-hmm. Hey, a Chuck E. Cheese is going to coming to Australia. And my initial response was they're already in Australia. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then there was all this news. And I was like, isn't Chuck E. Cheese in Australia? So they must've left. And I missed it. Yeah. So they came to Australia in 1981, very, very early mm-hmm. in Chuck E. Cheese's life. Chuck E. Cheese opened in 1979. So by 81, they were already expanding internationally. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about this is that Chuck E. Cheese had to change their name to Charlie Cheese's Pizza right. Playhouse. Because, and according to the Wikipedia, the common meaning of the word Chuck, which it says specifically in Australia, means to throw up. And I'm like, uh, it yeah, also means, it means that, that here. here. That's not new. <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's like has like a more like violent connotation but to chuck also means you know to chuck chuck your cookies like that's like barfing but yeah they they signed a deal with royal hospitality group which is behind venues like outback jacks and milky lane i don't know what that means milky lane australia listen 
<laughs> what? I just can't believe in the week of 100 episodes, we got two big, big pieces of Chuck E. Cheese news that sounds, frankly, not related because, like, one is, like, the business itself, like, made this deal and is moving to, like, moving to Australia. Mm-hmm. The other, it sounds like this producer group got the license to make a Chuck E. Cheese game show. So, like, was it like Chuck E. Cheese made this yeah. announcement? This producer group probably had already planned on making these announcements at this time and it just happened to coincide and they had no idea the other one was making no they have no reason to know but 2024 is the year of chuck e cheese chuck e cheese is back again i think that's the third time we've said that on this show (laughs) we'll just keep saying it it's like you know we we did that first episode on chuck e cheese which wasn't the plan and austin i don't remember what the plan was i think i I deeply want to know i think i was gonna talk about (laughs) i'll never know i feel like maybe was Phineas and Ferb I was going to talk about, but like we, we had no, no plan. We just rolled into this and it just so happened that I had been doing a YouTube video about the history of animatronic right. restaurants. And so I just had this well of Chuck mm-hmm. E. Cheese information to just vomit out right. in that first well, I episode. was like, oh, because that was one of the bankruptcies happened. The most recent one yeah. I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. And we were talking about it. I'm like, you want to just talk about Chuck E. Cheese? Anyway, <laughs> we're getting a go. little ahead of ourselves, everybody. Chuck E. Cheese is unkillable and is once again in his bag again until he again declares bankruptcy again in two to three years but until then (laughs) you can't keep a good chuck down nope he will keep rising from the grave and clawing his way back out just you wait and see so after these messages we're gonna come back with some questions from our listeners The Eurovision Song Contest. Hundreds of millions of people watch it every year. It played a part in a democratic revolution in Portugal. It introduced the world to Riverdance, and it launched Celine Dion's career. But you might have never watched it. It's got so much history and so many storylines that it can feel overwhelming to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like a real housewife season, but everyone's a better singer. Well, sometimes. But that's where we come in. I'm Dimitri Pompey. I'm Oscar Montoya. And I'm Jeremy Bent, and we're the hosts of Eurovangelists. If you're new to Eurovision, we'll tell you everything you need to know to start enjoying the world's most important important song competition. And if you're already a fan, we'll dive deep on its wildest moments, like when Ireland sent a turkey puppet to sing for them. You're Evangelist. New episodes every Thursday. On MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Loading. Topic of the week. Our first question is Chuck E. Cheese related. Listener Dante asks, what would you say to the CEO of Chuck E. Cheese? I know exactly what I would say. Okay. I would, I would ask, why isn't the rat hotter? <laughs> no! No. Bad. No. Bad. Bad, Brenda. What's wrong with you? Your mother listens to this show. I want to know, where's the grave cover the animatronics you're making people destroy? There's that picture that goes around of like that one Chuck E. Cheese animatronic like in yeah. the desert. He looks like he's like in an Instagram picture because he's yeah. like posing. Where is mm-hmm. that? Where is he? Why is he in mm-hmm. the desert? Where is it? And why is it that things must be sent back and destroyed what are you afraid of what are you afraid what are we what are we gonna do to them if you don't want them anymore you're taking them out of every restaurant and you don't you can't yeah. give them to like a what? museum or something you know people collect them you, you just want Brancourt <laughs> auction them off we found out recently that marvin's marvelous mechanical museum mm-hmm. in the ann arbor mm-hmm. area has a chuck e cheese yes. band they're cyberamics so they are chuck e cheese built animatronics mm-hmm. and they're not portrait stage so 
those are pretty rare. And that's really cool that they somehow got a hold of those because Marvin's has a ton of really, really old mechanical like attractions Mm -hmm. that like they like kind of preserve them. They have to either destroy them and send proof of death or mail them back, right? In parts. (laughs) They have to go through the de-identification process, which is what the Chuck E. Cheese company refers to this process. Which is, that sounds, it makes me feel like I'm some sort of like, I'm, that feels, like, you're the bad guy in a sci-fi movie, right? If you're doing the D-I-D- Yeah! <laughs> you get to the part in the handbook as an employee, like, de-identification process. Did I just join the bad guys? This is bad. It's like, um, concept unification, the de-identification process. Like, why do you have to name <laughs> stuff like you're the villain in a sci-fi movie? <laughs> You're an animatronic rat band restaurant. <laughs> hey, boss, what? I saw this de-identification thing in the training. What's that about? Uh, it's when we destroy all the robots. What? <laughs> Why do we me? destroy them? But the robots are our friends. Why do we have to destroy them? <laughs> I can't tell you that, kid. That's classified information. We just gotta destroy them. <laughs> what? Short story about a Chuck E. Cheese employee who's like destroying the animatronic and the animatronic speaks to him. <laughs> um, that's trademarked. That's trademarked. I'm writing that. Everyone, shut up. <laughs> We have another Chuck E. Cheese related question from listener Epiphany. If you were to be an animatronic at Chuck E. Cheese Pizzeria, what animal would you be? I feel like this is just like a a roundabout way of trying to figure out what our fursonas are. And I'm on to you. (laughs) Yeah, my question, is it any animal or is it like one of the animals in the band? I think it can be any animal. So it's like if you were to be your new member of Chuck E. Cheese, or sorry, Munch's, it's Munch's band. Munch's make-believe band. Which is wild, right? Munch is like, hey, Chuck, I need a singer for this band I'm putting together, man. Could you do it? And he's like, yeah, could we name our venue after me, though? What? That? I mean, I, I guess it's not a big deal. People remember the band. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can remember the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll definitely never be disassembled and thrown in the garbage. <laughs> like... You won't be the first one they cut because you take up too much room. Also, you kind of scare children. What the hell are you, Munch? <laughs> <laughs> you scared just as many kids as that Italian Kicked man. Kicked out of his own band and forgotten. <laughs> All right, Austin, what animal would you be if you, you're a new member of Chucky or much Munch's Make Believe Band? What animal are you? I uh, okay, so I'm I'm stuck between three. Okay, what are those? One is Hedgehog because mm-hmm. I literally have two Sonic the Hedgehog oh. OCs. The other one is Komodo Dragon because they were my favorite that would be animal so, for a while so cool and then the last one is a green emerald ball python because they, they're my favorite snake and you could play the drums with your exactly tail. and i wouldn't be decommissioned because i don't scare kids or take up too much room kids love, kids love snakes. snakes they're cool <laughs> they're cool i think i think i gotta go with coyote damn 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 you walked in and said i'm you but better i'm what they wanted <laughs> So yes, initially Chuck E. Cheese was supposed to be a coyote, but then there was also another coyote. I forget her name, but there was like a second coyote when they were just the waist mm. up. So there there has been a coyote, but I would be better. I like than that her. you said second <laughs> in I every like you way. said second coyote to honor the fact that Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> was meant to be. I don't think if he was a coyote that he'd make it this far. I mean, I guess they're kind of both like little garbage animals. Yeah. So if a rat can make it that far. A coyote <laughs> isn't as easy to rebrand into a mouse. I mean, you could be like, he's a he's silly a dog. D- like- dog pizza guy. Because right? they're like, he's not a rat. Rats are gross. He's a he's actually been a mouse this whole time, everyone. This whole Don't time. Don't look directly at it. He just said he was a rat. 
<laughs> Ignore the very long rat tail yeah, on this this fella. I'm trying to think, even in like more recent art, like they try, but he still has a rat tail because it's his like you know like because he's not a mouse. Does he still have a tail? Wait, did they take away his tail? One uh, second, I gotta look this I up. I think mascot. Matt, well, the the suits have never had tails. Well, the suits since we've been around haven't had no. tails. He's always just been. Yeah, I think uh, it, he's always been like a a man, <laughs> which I think is weirder. Okay, so yeah, his initial art with him, like cigar smoking Chuck, he has yes. a rat tail, and then as he evolves, radical Chuck does. He loses his yeah, tail. Yeah, radical Chuck doesn't have a tail. No, it's adventure Chuck. I don't care what they call him. He's fucking rocket power. <laughs> he's rocket power Chuck to me, man. Yeah, he doesn't have a tail. So he doesn't have a tail from the moment he dons, like, the suit to all through his gym. I'm looking at, like, this progression of Chucky. <laughs> he goes from, like, he puts on a suit, his tail disappears. Then he's, like, gym teacher Chuck. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, just t-shirt, like, Steven Universe Chuck. <laughs> and then he's he's adventure Bowling Chuck. Bowling for Soup Chuck. And then, yeah, the last Chucky, Bowling for Soup Chuck, has his tail yes. back. And it is a very long tail. That is a rat yes, tail. that's the one I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know what That's the one I'm say. thinking about. I was like, Chucky, yeah. that we grew up, like, seeing commercials of, didn't have a tail. But I'm like, Chuck now has a tail. I can see it in my mind's eye. And it's a rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I've encountered this piece of art called A Rat King of Chuck E. Cheeses. And it is what you think it is. Yeah, it's like all the different Chuck E. Cheeses as a rat king, which is a rat, a bunch of rats that yeah. their tails have stuck together, gotten all tangled. Um, wow, there's so much art in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving away from the one and only Charles Entertainment Cheese, long may he reign. Listener Casey asks, <laughs> what's an episode you love to make but currently can't for whatever reason? I.e., not enough source material, too in-depth, too ridiculously niche, whatever. So I have two, but I can't say them because they are going to happen. I have two. I have two. It's a and it's a lie that I can't make them because I'm going to. So I'm better than you. Now what? It's just I can't make them until I can go there. These two places require experiencing them to really be able to tell the full story. And both of them are pretty close to each other. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I could do it. Austin, do you have any... Any topics you are in your list that you just can't can't cover, can't climb that mountain? I have some that I think would be boring for anyone that isn't us. Like we've talked about in our like private talks about like really wanting to cover public domain, but it's like extremely long and pretty dry because it's lots of legal stuff that we find interesting because we're weird. Yeah. That I don't think people would like to actually listen to in this medium. Maybe if I was a YouTuber and did video essays, but I don't. And I'm not, don't, hey. You're thinking about mm-hmm. someone's thinking about telling me to not gonna, I'm not going to watch a YouTube video upload for an entire day. Who do you think I am? There are a lot where like, I want to do it, but there's nothing to share. That's fascinating. It's just like, I like talking about it. Like I like to talk about Pepper Ann. There's nothing exciting. I have found from Pepper Ann's production. That mm-hmm. is like something to put on the show. It would just be me going over the history of Pepper Ann, which I think is cool, but it's not necessarily like, a show topic it's just me talking about a cartoon i liked that's like a pop-up episode of a show there's some topics that i feel like people have covered better there's like the scruff mcgruff cool kids Mm -hmm. album or smart kids album i think is actually what it's called which has got a fascinating history but decoder ring already really like covered Mm -hmm. that and i can't do any better than what they did they did an incredible job it's a it's one of my favorite podcast episodes of I think it came out in 2023. I'm not sure. But anyway, it was, mm-hmm. it, it's in my list of like top 10 podcast mm-hmm. episodes 
ever. If you have not listened to the Scruff McGruff Smart Kids album, it's on you. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it. Listen to the marijuana song. It will change your life. It'll change your life. You'll be at Hot Pot with friends and you'll be like singing this song about not smoking weed when you know very well that everyone singing this right now has smoked a weed. There's a lot like that. Lots of ones around like anime that I would do. I'm like, someone's done that already. Like when Crunchyroll did that huge history of anime in America series like in 2020, I think, or 2021, they already touched on everything I could think to do. It would just be like, yeah, here's me going over what Crunchyroll already taught all of you. Yeah, and Crunchyroll has like so many more resources and Decoder Ring is affiliated with Slate Media mm-hmm. and we do our yeah. best, but sometimes there's only there's only so much you can do when it's you and the archive and the internet against the world. <laughs> Even like the like Disney Afternoon. Disney Afternoon is so big and it was in development for so long before it even became a thing and then it was a thing for so long and then it's all the iterations it became until it was officially done, like Mhm. It's huge. It's massive. Which shows are you going to like focus on? Are you going to focus on how much you hate bonkers? <laughs> Fucking bonkers. <laughs> Do you focus on how it started? Do you focus on who started Disney Afternoon, right? Do you talk about the people behind it? Uh, Do we talk about Mike Eisner again? <laughs> Do we talk about the gummy bears? What God. was that? What do you mean DuckTales came out yeah. in the 80s? What? <laughs> also, did you know that the creator of Darkwing Duck says Darkwing Duck and DuckTales aren't in the same world? Um, they yeah. aren't? It's <laughs> the same thing. I, I was like, bro, did you watch the show? Oh, wait, 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 wait. The robot duck? Isn't he in both? So is Launchpad McQuack. Yeah! That, that's the one I should have thought of first. Launchpad's in both shows. <laughs> Launchpad is a key character in both shows. So is Gizmo Duck. So yeah, are some like, of the villains. Yeah! And they don't take place in the same That universe. is what the creator of Darkwing <laughs> Duck says. Shut up. He's like, he's Shut like, they're, they're parallel worlds that are similar. And I'm like, whatever. Okay, but <laughs> Darkwing Duck came after DuckTales, right? Yes. Okay, so launchpad already existed in ducktales i listen i'm just the messenger it was something i found because i was looking into doing comparison of darkwing duck and batman adventure series because <laughs> people always compare them as like oh darkwing duck was like inspired by that but i'm like i want to like darkwing duck was first <laughs> yeah uh, darkwing duck came first so not that it couldn't have been inspired by like batman existed but the the anime series was not out yet and i don't even think in production yet <laughs> Like, the, the funny thing is that, like, yeah, Darkwing Duck was definitely based on Batman, but not the animated no. series, just straight up Batman. And then if the animated series was based on kind of, like, the feel of Darkwing Duck. That's what I was... Weird little circle that we was, had. I was trying to figure I was like, did anyone who worked on Darkwing Duck work on Batman the animated series later? You'll f- Maybe you'll find out this year, historians. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right, so we're going to take a, another ad break. Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries will be back after these messages. I'm Jordan Cruciola, host of Feeling Seen, where we start by asking our guests just one question. What movie character made you feel seen? I knew exactly what it was. Clementine 
from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Joy Wang slash Jobutupaki. That one question launches amazing conversations about their lives, the movies they love, and about the past, present, and future of entertainment. Roy in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I worry about what this might say about me, but I've brought Tracy Flick in the film Election. So if you like movies, diverse perspectives, and great conversations, check us out. Oof, this is real. New episodes of Feeling Seen drop every week on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We've probably talked about how the show got started on the show, haven't we? I think we we have before, but I... I can't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast or if we talked about it when we were like kind of like interviewing for the network. <laughs> so the way the show started, everyone, is Brenda and I were at a mutual friends like going away thing at a bar. And I was playing the team in T arcade cabinet, as you do. And Brenda was standing there and I was like, do you want to hear me say a bunch of Ninja Turtles facts and not look at you when I play this game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> leaning on the cabinet. I'm like, Yeah. We're just two very (laughs) neurotypical people. This is how you talk. I I will say facts and you will listen now. That's just kind of how our friendship goes. Yeah, it's, it's, I I love it. It's how we got the show. Because I did that and then we were like, we should, well, there was that. And then we both had independently been listening to Nerdificent from If You Not Away and Danny Mm -hmm. Hernandez. And we were like, we should make a show. We could do this. And then it took us getting locked in our house to do it, but we did it. It was a great way for us to like be able to still talk to each other when I I just moved to like the east side of the state. So we were separated not only by like COVID restrictions, but by an hour and a half of time and space. So it was just like a really great way to just kind of hang out every week. And it's been really fun. And I I didn't like I thought we would do it for like a long time. Mm I don't know if I thought we would get this far and I didn't, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that we would be a maximum fun podcast. Not once, not once in my entire life. No, no. When we were first invited to like be part of our first network, we just never had any ideas of like, Oh, this is a thing that we, we do like, (laughs) and now, you know, we like took the chance and we're able to become a part of maximum fun. And it's just, it's wild. And Austin, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone gay. else. <laughs> like, yeah, no, same. Gay. <laughs> new, new soundbite singer. Gay. gay. <laughs> this has been incredible. I remember when we got to 50 and that felt like it would never happen. Like that was wild. I really enjoyed recording our 50th episode, like specials that we did for 49, 50 and 51. If you're newer to the show, those episodes are pretty good. I think they were a lot of fun to make. Yeah. Talk about the console wars. That was like that was an example of like a really big topic that we were able to like get together and yeah. tackle together. Um, you know, so like you did the 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 seg did you do Sega or Nintendo? Nintendo. You did Nintendo. And I did the Sega part and then we kind of came together to like talk about the aftermath of like both of these big mm. companies fighting. So I think like those episodes are really good. Anyway, if you didn't yeah. listen to those episodes, they're good. If you don't know about the console wars, they were obscene. It was an obscene time. I wish I could talk about him again, but we already did it. It's the most insane period. So interesting and wild. And it's like, it's so bonkers. I still haven't watched the movie. There's a movie now. But I want to say it was like Seth Rogen did it. And I'm like, "Mm, it's just like people realized (laughs) for the first time there was money in games. And games were never the same once business people realized they could make a lot of money. To this day, then they started fighting. They're like, well, now you know what that means. I got to fucking kill you. And I am am not joking. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, like literally. And it's like, so toys were already like really yes. cutthroat. We kind of talked God. about that a couple episodes ago. But it's, if toys were cutthroat, video games were yeah. worse. Like Sega brought a Nintendo blaster to to the courtroom to be like, you made yep. a gun. Nintendo was like, yeah. and it, But then he fucked it up so and, bad. And it's good for, remember when they were like, this gun's perfect for hunting hedgehogs? Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! But Nintendo and Sega like, had a literal fist fight in the in a blizzard in Wisconsin. These people were ups- yeah. It is not that serious. No, but it, it, to yeah. them it was, and it's just such a wild period yeah. of history. But I digress. Um, listen to those episodes; they're really good. We had some fans on Twitter, not X. Uh, submit some of their favorite mm-hmm. moments. Susa GM on Twitter said, I'm once again here to shout out Slick Lacey, which is a reference to the Conan episode that we did in which we talked about the Fox Kids adaptation mm-hmm. of Detective Conan, where the main detective was renamed to Slick Lacey. Here's an audio clip of that. His dub name is Richard, Richard <laughs> Moore. Um, but su- <laughs> supposedly, <laughs> yeah, M O R. O-R-E. And then supposedly his name for Conan's capers for the child-friendly version was... <laughs> Say it. Slick Lacey. <laughs> oh, no. Which is both awful and great. <laughs> that sounds like if... Okay, from the little bit I know of that man, that's what he would name himself in a fanfic. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's like they emailed... The like mangaka who wrote Conan, they're like, if this guy can name himself, what would he name himself? And they were like, oh god, it'd be terrible. Slick <laughs> Lacy. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is, hey, this is our child friendly version of Conan. This guy's name is Slick Lacy. <laughs> what do you mean it's and Slick like- Lacy? It's Slick Lacy. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> And then the Funimation dub decided to call him Richard, which is, <laughs> I think better. that might be the best decision. <laughs> you think they got it? And they were like, oh yeah, and so what's this character's name? Slick Lacey. All right, so put that in the change pile. I, I need really to hear like them to call him Slick Tracy. Slick Lacey. Slick Lacey. Slick La- yeah, I need, I don't, I need oh to Oh my god, it's, it. it's a pun on Dick Tracy. Yes, Brenda. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. It's the claws they're getting to everybody. I was like, oh, like Dick Tracy. I was like, that doesn't seem... Uh, yes. Another listener on Twitter, at Demon Ice Vol, uh, said that one of their favorite moments is when I ambushed Austin in the Digimon yeah. movie episode. That's where I was like, I yeah. hate this, but I'm going to talk about it. Hey, Brenda, what's up today? Okay. <laughs> Austin, can you name one movie that you would not expect me to pick as a topic? Uh, so my gut reaction when Brenda texted me that was Die Hard. And I've been thinking long and no. hard about it. Die and... Hard about it? <laughs> <laughs> and I actually wouldn't be shocked if Brenda picked Die Hard. So it can't be Die Hard. It's not Die Hard. It's a movie that like I feel like our friend group really likes. Mm-hmm. And I notoriously have an opinion. Oh my that fucking I don't god. Like it. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) i can't believe you beat me to it i know i was just like i feel like maybe this is one where i want to control the narrative you crafty bitch (laughs) 
It's me. <laughs> Brenda- bitch. <laughs> turns turns around in your chair. I'm not host Brenda at all. This is I'm Queen Bitch, and I'm here to talk about Digimon the movie. Oh my god. Oh my god. As for those who haven't heard the Digimon movie episode, Brenda, I don't hate. Is that the right word? I'm like trying to be like more generous towards it, but I still wish that we okay. So I still wish that we would have gotten the original movies or had a way to watch the original mm-hmm. movies. And since then, Discotech Media has announced that they are going to be releasing not only like the original like dub cut of the movie, but we're going to get the original three movies that made up the Digimon movie in their entirety. If you weren't aware, the the Digimon movie you watched here in America was three movies they put together like a Frankenstein monster. Yeah, and I think like the the segment for our war game, which is the one with Omnimon and Diaboromon, I think like, that dub is fine. I think like, the editing for that was fine. <laughs> but the problem You're is... so angry! The, the problem with that is that segment, our war game, was just not long enough to like, be a full movie. So they had to like, kind of shoehorn in Hurricane Touchdown at the end. So I think like poor Hurricane Touchdown really gets absolutely butchered by the, the dub version of the Digimon movie. So... I'm trying to be generous towards it, but I still don't like. Yeah. Anyway, in that episode, Brenda <laughs> ran over and hit me over the head. Brenda ran an hour and a half across the state and hit me with a steel chair. <laughs> when I was like, we're talking about the DJ my movie. And Brenda was like, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just like, as we would call it, a yellow soda. I had legitimate information about the like, creation of these movies. Mamoru Hosada did our war game was the director for that I one. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. He worked on our war game and then he literally turned around and made our war game again, but with his yes. OCs. Like, <laughs> <He's>, literally. <laughs> he said, man, people love that. What if I did that with my rat OC? I'm sorry, mouse OC. It's, it's a rabbit, isn't it? Rabbit. Jesus fucking Wait. Christ. Yeah, it's a rabbit. God. I'm just thinking of Charles Entertainment Cheese still. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, everybody. I just have Charles on my brain all the time. Chuck E. Cheese, call me. Please. <laughs> I want to give away a Summer of Fun pass so bad. Yes. That would be like such a great thing we could do. If you haven't seen our war game and you've seen Summer Wars, you've seen our war game. Exactly. It, it, it is the same movie. Just it's stretched out to be the length of an actual movie. And also all the Digimon have been removed. Yes. So is it better or worse? It's up to you. Sketchy33, also on Twitter, says their favorite moment is Austin playing Neopets. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Hi, Sunny. Yeah, I had to play Neopets, and I hated every second of it. I think one of the things that I found to be frustrating is, like, so a lot of times in modern-name video gaming, people talk about, like, oh, there's too much hand-holding, and they just tell you everything, and yada, yada, yada. I don't get to, like, figure it on my own. Listen, 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 listen. That wasn't fun. It's not... I... I... Argue, actually, don't even argue with me. Argue with the wall. Playing that, it was like so frustrating going through Neopets and having nothing explain itself to me. I don't know if it used to back in the day and they got rid of it or yeah. what, but like, <laughs> it's, it was it was frustrating. It made me not want to be there. It was like, it's the, those are the kind of things that like, when I'd run into them as a kid or a teen on like a friend's computer, because I didn't grow up with like internet, it would make me like leave. I would be like, oh, okay, I'm on my friend's computer for like 20 minutes. I don't really have time to like, Learn. And it's it's weird, like, I get the constraints of 
the old build. And I can understand that they're like, we don't really have money to like rebuild it. But like, it is a very frustrating thing to just be like, you have the free time to just like, figure this all out, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying they have to like, no, I am. I am saying I would like them to hold my hand and like a simple tutorial and like, this is the flow. It's the same way if you start any sort of like game as service game, which is what Neopets almost feels like. Like if you started up Destiny and you never had Destiny walk through and explain the loop of like how to get your Destiny bucks to do your Destiny chores for your Destiny bucks, you would <laughs> you would put it down. You would be like, well, this is annoying that it's not explaining like the loop I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's like, I don't know if it's just like the, the time that it was or mm -hmm. it's like, you know, like being in middle school, you have a lot more time to just kind of explore. And right. I think that was really like the concept of it was like, you need to explore it. Mm -hmm. You need to check out. You need to check. Sorry, I just realized Fairyland is still not in the sky. <laughs> I looked at the, the explore page, which they finally fixed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know that in order to remain in existence, Neopets mm -hmm. needs a complete rehaul. The main page is like a veneer. Mm -hmm. Like, you look at it, you're like, okay, that's pretty modern. But you eventually break the veneer, and mm -hmm. suddenly you're in Neopets from 2000. And it's set up the same exact way it was set up in 2000. Like, literally, I'm kind of just like clicking around on Neopets, and it just broke. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. My new pets is just like, we're down. I was like, it will be really fun for Austin to play Neopets. And Austin comes on the podcast and is just like, I fucking hated this Yeah, experience. I was like, I have some words to Neopets and all of them are what the fuck. Austin, I will let you know that since you did that, I have been doing daily mm -hmm. quests on Neopets. I've been like a daily Neopets user again. You're welcome, so. I guess. I'm glad it's you because it wouldn't be me. <laughs> I guess I'm just conditioned to be like... Like, okay, in Neopets, I have a million Neobucks in the bank. Will I ever have that in real life? Will I ever have a grand in the bank at any given moment? No. <laughs> in my savings account? No. So it's like a fantasy for me. You know, that's valid. <laughs> I, when you hadn't been playing Neopets your entire life, you go in and it's like, welcome to capitalism. You have no money. Also, your pets are dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah feed them immediately and i'm like how do i do that and they're like not well <laughs> since you didn't have money saved up before this site became this they are doing things to fix the economy and they did recently announce like the return of unconverted pets and what i didn't cover unconverted pets in our episode because i feel like uh, izzy is on uh, youtube they did like a much better job of like explaining that whole debacle but pretty much like when neopets introduced clothes they changed like there are pets that had like different poses mm. in different colors mm -hmm. and they had to to, in order to like have them all wear clothes, they had to standardize their poses in each color. So the ones that had more unique poses in different colors. So like the royal one would have like a royal cape and be standing up. They would have to be on all fours again. Recently, Neopets announced that unconverted pets are going to be coming back. So all those original poses and that original art is going to be making a return to hmm. Neopets. So nice. That's cool. That's cool for Neopets people. <laughs> so the last listener favorite moment we're going to share is from the party table. The party table's favorite episode is Muppet Vision 3D. Party Table says quality Muppet content, quality Lost Park ride content, and quality dunking on poor choice for voices, which I looked it up and that is a reference to when Chris Pratt was announced to be Mario. <laughs> Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt Mario. Mario. Chris Ugh. Pratt Mario. 
I literally like lost my shit. Like we were all in the Discord, um, just like absolutely losing our minds. Just I, like it felt fake. It felt like a like some kind of like prank from the universe. But Shigeru Miyamoto comes onto the screen. I'm sure by now you've heard about this, everybody. Yeah, but it's the, been like what watching it live was just like what. Because Nintendo tried to end this this the other thing. Nintendo tried to end this event like four times, <laughs> which was we, which is weird because it's pre-recorded. So it's where they're like, and that's it, and then it's like, but wait, like, <laughs> there's more, and it's like, is this an infomercial? Like, what's happening? <laughs> if you order, if you pre-order now, you'll get this bonus. Is <laughs> Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Mario the movie, the game, with Mario <laughs> voice made by Ubisoft. <laughs> PS5 exclusive Mario. <laughs> this is the first Mario game available on the PS5. <laughs> I don't. I. 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 I have. I have literally, I have nothing in the tank. I, for, I forget sometimes that it happened and I'll see a meme and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Chris Pratt's Mario. <laughs> God. Oh my God. I can't believe that's real. I have yet to watch that movie I because I feel no motivation for it. I keep seeing, it got, I was ready. Okay. So. This is related in that Brenda said the word Chris Pratt, which is my activation word. I'm a award watcher. When awards are happening, Brenda knows. Maybe because Brenda keeps track too, but for sure because I live update Brenda as each <laughs> award happens. Yes. Like, I don't need to watch the award shows. Austin just fills me in on what's happening. Like, the happening. entire time I'm watching it, I feel like I'm a... I feel like I'm, a, I'm holding like a glass of champagne and texting Brenda with the other hand like I can't believe this fucking bitch won this and I had a moment where I was ready to leave the awards which is I mean turn off my TV because they got to best animated for the award show I was watching doesn't really matter which one because you might be listening to this in four months and they're all done. But the Mario movie was nominated for Best Animated Movie, and I was like, I swear to fucking God, if the Mario movie wins over any of these other movies, I'm going to throw my glass dramatically to TV and walk away. I won't actually do that because I don't have money to replace my TV, but I'll think it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh man. How are you even nominated? I'm, I, I'm How are you next nominated. to Boy and, It's because they don't next care. Next to Boy and the Heron? Next to Spider-Verse? What are you doing? Up, Get, sit down. <laughs> They don't no. care. Like the, for animation, they're just like, oh, we didn't watch it. And it's like, maybe you should because you might find that you might find that it moves you in ways that live action cannot. What's, like, Boy in the Heron, not a no. kid's film. Like, well, it's also even like putting into the, into the Spider-Verse up against Boy in the Heron. I'm like, I mean, I like Spider-Man, but guys, that's like not that's like not that you're like not talking about the same thing at all. Yeah, it's like Boy in the Heron is like an art yeah. piece. Like it is literally art. It, it's like, it's so tough, right? Because animated movies, they get the best anime category. And sometimes they get put into like, sometimes they'll dip into like sound editing or they'll be up on like best song or something, you know, they'll like get into that because like animated movies usually mm -hmm. have a song. And so they usually give it to like some animated movie, right? I'm like, what are we talking about? Anime, best anime movie. You mean overall? We're talking about best technical skill? Because I'm like, I'd be hard pressed not to give it to Spider-Verse. Like that's, it, 
those people did insane things that like each person has their own like that's yeah technical skill spider-verse no question absolutely you you no guys did yeah. so, like literally changed the game it's about best story best screenplay best like key backgrounds like what do you there's so many things that go into animation i'm like what how come and i know how come like best voice acting but it's like all of the live action movies get like a little a little category for each little thing that animated movies get one for most award shows yeah and that's because like in 1991 like the academy or whatever like threw a fit because beauty and the beast was nominated for best picture because best animated feature didn't Mm -hmm. exist at that point so they got so upset that an animated movie got nominated for best picture that they they boxed every animated movie into one one little category for the rest of eternity and it's like that is such a disservice to how beautiful animation can be and it's like who says that beauty and the beast is not the best movie of the year like what are you afraid of the technical skills that like the new computer animation they use for the ballroom mm-hmm. scene is like astounding. That movie is absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous and had like so much heart put into it. Like who say that who wasn't is, the best movie? Who else was up? Who else was up? Who let me sweat. Beauty and the Beast won the Golden Globe for best motion oh. picture, musical or comedy. Got him. Okay, that's what happened. That must have been when they were like, Whoa, can't have that happen again. Because the, yeah, like, the first damn. best animated film was Toy Story, which was the year after, two years after? Well, we have to wrap yes. this up. <laughs> this episode is a little more chaotic. This is just us kind of having fun, being like, thank you so much for being here for 100 yeah. episodes. It's absolutely astounding that you, if you've been here since the beginning, we adore and support you. But we also adore and support you if you're just kind of getting Mm -hmm. into it like you've just watched our maximum fun Mm -hmm. episodes we have some really cool things planned for this next year so please stay tuned we hope that you continue to love and adore us (laughs) yeah (laughs) thanks everybody appreciate you and see how the next hundred go i guess bye wait don't don't stop it yet don't stop it yet i have i have another bit i need to do ready ready one second one second one second one moment this is Okay, now we can stop. (laughs) Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Asterion, and you can find more of her work at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was narrated by Greg Aronica, and you can find him at Cafe3G on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok. The show is edited every week by Brenda Snell. If you love this show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcast content. This podcast is a proud part of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. See you for the next mystery, Mistorians! Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.